0: With the pandemic that came upon us, the rise of video conferencing tools like Microsoft Teams and Zoom has led to more aspects of the sales conversation to occur virtually. And what began as a crisis reaction has evolved into the new normal. But how normal is the new normal? We're talking about how the strong shift from in-person to virtual selling has transformed B2B sales experience. Virtual sales enablement, new organizations, KPIs, everything is evolving. In the virtual selling podcast, we address these issues in depth twice a week with the experts and leaders of these transformations, heads of sales, sales ops, and sales enablement of the most innovative companies in the field. This podcast is sponsored by SalesDeck.io, the new SaaS platform to make your customer meetings more engaging and better prepared. Find out how you can shorten sales cycles, convert more leads, and increase customer engagement. Virtual selling is here to stay, and so is SalesDeck.io. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Virtual Selling Podcast. I'm Gabriel Debbie Schwebel, founder of SalesDeck.io and the host of this show. I am excited to welcome today Wael Gara, Global Sales Operation Analyst at Evalua. Hi, Wael. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Gab.
0: I'm great. Thanks.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yes. Can you please tell us a little bit more about Evalua and
1: your position? All right. So, Evalua is one of the exciting platforms, uh, SaaS solutions that work mainly in procurements. We empower our clients to have a complete control over their procurement uh, function. Mainly, it's really mostly about. We're one of the most comprehensive suites out there in the market. We manage top clients with top spend portfolios, and we help them have a complete understanding of their needs in terms of procurement so if you want to buy something you come to us great and
0: what do you do within Evalua what what does that mean global sales operations well, I joined
1: as uh, a global sales operations analyst my main mission is to help assess understand change or build new processes within the extended sales team so I work mainly with AEs, but it's also, the, the philosophy for it is not just to focus on what the sales team is doing when we do processes, but to look at everybody else. So everybody that empowers the sales team to have success, we look at them, so we don't work in silos. My job is to make sure that any change comes from the bottom, and then there's an interaction between both, and then I implement a process that works for everybody in the company. Which type of silo do you, do you have to break? Mainly inter-regional silos, so between markets and inter-functional silos, so between value creation functions. So, for example, we've got a... Oh, well, I can go into detail, but one function might help produce value for a sales executive, but we might have a friction internally that would result in some issues with value implementation. So my job is when I implement something, I have to make it work with everybody. So there is no friction inside and we produce value as soon as possible. I would have done my job if sales executives always have feel empowered to be having conversations that are value-driven, that are not about price or anything else. And that they feel that they can produce that value without having any doubt about it. They trust their internal processes. If they do that, they can provide value to their clients. And if, they, I mean, if that is the case, then I have done my job. <laughs> Great. And in, in terms of silo, you say that there
0: is silo between markets. Do you have the same sales process for every market
1: or there is some adaptation, localization? Of course, that's exactly what I mean. So sometimes, of course, because each market has their own specificities in terms of the client portfolio, and in terms of what their needs are. So, we allow at our company a certain degree of freedom. And of course, we trust our salespeople to make their, our sales teams and their RSDs to make their decisions. But sometimes that might, which is normal in any company of our size, which I forgot to say we are around 700 to 800 people, you get that. So, we are trying to at least have good coordination, which already exists, but you want to make it as efficient as possible. That's the kind of thing without getting into details, of course, but yes. Yes, for sure.
0: And so how do you create this cooperation between markets? Do you have meetings where you share good practice from one market to the other? Is it going bottom up to you and you make it top down to the other markets? How do you organize this collaboration between markets? Okay.
1: This is done two ways. So you have the, what I call the active coordination. So this is through weekly or bi-weekly meetings by the heads of each regional market. That, that, that that's the other event. And you also have interactions between the AEs themselves that you get to meet and they talk. We have forums for discussions. But also the not active one. So basically the basic one is through the CRM. So that's what it's meant to be. Like, Hopefully, if you do it right, every account executive in any part of the planet can go and have information about what everybody else is doing. So that way, they can also own a part of that coordination. So in in essence, we use a combination of meetings and a platform where we have everything there that you get to see either on the extranet or on other communica- internal communication platforms, where AES can engage in that communication and coordination. And so, what is the tools you use to create this
0: collaboration? You talked about the extranet, about the CRMs. Is there some other tools?
1: Yeah, we have an internal one, but when it comes to other tools, we we don't have one that is harmonized. So we don't have we don't impose what they should use. But of course we, we use the things that are at our disposal, like the Google Suite for communication. Of course, when we do meetings, our shared, shared Excel sheets, like everybody else. So yeah, whatever is there, but of course we don't impose something from, from the top. They can use whatever they want. And you told me before that you have some problem
0: pains for, for, for the sales to adopt the tools and to, to, to be consistent with the tools. Okay. So yes,
1: of course with freedom comes uh, and with this problem of coordination comes a little sometimes comes the too much let's say isolated events that we might sometimes not have complete visibility on this is this is the i think the challenge that a lot of companies also face is they implement crms but then they don't really have a way to understand how this is being used in the best way possible so of course, we can try to control it, but we, we have to find the sweet spot between both. And that's, what we, that's my role. That's, how, that's what I do in my role. I try to go have conversations, insightful conversations with each AE to understand how they use, what they use, how do they coordinate within the team. And then I try to think into account every good measure they have found and to harmonize it. And in this case, as a sales operations analyst global sales ops, I... 100% need my enablement team with me. So they're not my team, but they work with me. And that's how it goes. It comes from the bottom. We understand it. We look at it on a global level. Then we enroll in enablement sessions to help everybody share best practices. And, we harm it. and in a way, we have a, a base harmony of what tools are being used. And then we leave that freedom. But that's, of course, theoretical. When we do these things, or there are challenges that you have to
0: deal with day to day. yeah but i think the the, the the main difficulties of a crm is the fact that you you don't feel it during the meeting but you feel it after and therefore you have to find the time to do it up later and not to forget and to have the discipline to do that which is
1: uh yes i mean that's 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 and i'm pretty sure you've had other guests here that also work in sales up that they feel that their job is mainly the CRM cops, which we're not. <laughs> you see, like that's that's <clears throat> that's that's the issue, and that's part of it. That's also part of it. That that there is no real time, you know. Like you cannot use it real time, or you always have to go. but It feels like a chore for a lot of AEs that they also have to go and just type in the, you know. And that's what I meant. Like that's when I think our approach is interesting, is because when you go and listen, and you tell them, okay, what you're doing, even if it's outside the CRM it has value because it has value to you and we do see that in you so the the good thing the really the holy grail of my job would be to find a way to have them see that value and i don't know in this case i don't know if it's another tool i don't know i know it's value you can tell me i don't know if it's philosophy or yes that's that's exactly what it is like you want them to be proactive you want them to to drive the success in this company but you also have to understand their needs so yeah that's that's the that's the issue
0: yeah, yeah but if i could make some uh, promotion yeah. of my product i, I <laughs> hope that uh, sales deck will help teams adopt tools that are uh, that are that are value for them and will make their life easier to fill the CRM just during the meeting and not after. But that, that's the end of the promotion break. So when you, what, what do you do to make your sales team adopt the tools, see the value, being empowered? is it a discussion? Is it uh, still the tools that you explained
1: us before? Do You do it daily on a daily basis. On a daily basis, I, I, I've always, since I've started, I've always said, like a line of, com- direct line of communication to me is always welcome. So uh, the way that I hope to get buy-in and I always do it is to show, it's really like, for example, they come up to me, they have an issue and I solve it. It could be a really small issue with a CRM or something that you don't understand or something that they, they don't know who to speak to to get something. I solve that. but then. I told them okay are there any overarching issues that always repeat and then they come to me and then that's how we build a business case and that's how we build something and that's how i guide it like you when you show them that there is value to be used like they come up with a problem i fix the problem without any judgment or anything I, i don't i'm not gonna and then when it happens it would come from them they would say is there a better way to do this and then that's how that's how you tell them to you if you use the tool this way if you do this 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 then you won't have this problem you know that's what i mean you know like that's how that's how in that case we're not cops we're the people who actually helping them helping them save time and not only save time but that time will be saved and that information that will help them get information that will help them drive value in their in their high priority conversation with their clients that's how it right. goes but when it comes from the top okay do this 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 they're like okay it's just a shore, and they they're like okay i don't want to do it i just want to focus on it. when it's actually like when it's actually gonna help them so that, that's that's how that's how it's, i do it personally it takes it's really time important to be bottom up yeah that's that's my point of view but i will defend that that's my philosophy and how are you organized
0: within the global sales operation analyst team? Uh, how many are you in this team? Or do you share the sales together? It's by market, it's by...
1: Or- uh, we have different functions. So we are a team of four. I work on processes, others work on pipeline management, and others prepare reports. So yeah, we each have a specific role and we complement each other. So. For example, for me to do my job, I need some certain information about the use. So I go to a colleague that helps me about that and vice versa. But we all have strategic initiatives. So we all are encouraged to to make to help in the go-to-market strategy and to be sort of the right arm of the RSTs. So yeah, that's also part of it. We so all you are have... really in contact
0: with all the sales? Yes. There's yeah. no silos for that. It's really the... No. The global analyst it's more by process and functions and by markets
1: yeah exactly because that's the only yeah because that's how the that's how we see it like we need to learn from from each part and to, because each part would come with their own challenges but it will also come with, with their own opportunities and sales executives are amazing they find solutions they don't just wait and when you learn from each part and they only listen to other sales executives you know that's that's the point like they don't listen to <laughs> they don't listen to internal or external consultants they they, they and I understand that because they do the, their job is hard like so you cannot get buying if you tell them oh I studied like you need to come with okay this is what your peers are doing this is what your other people in other companies are doing and that's how you, you get buying so yes of course we have to have it globally because that's how we yeah that's how we can really learn and drive value from yeah, that's pretty
0: interesting. So, within your organization, you are in charge of process. You tell yeah. me that
1: someone else is in charge of pipeline. What are the two others doing? They are mostly in strategic decision-making. So, And they also, we kind of all have the same roles, but one would be more inclined to do something than the other. But we, to be honest, we all do the same thing. Like, we all have the empowerment to do the same thing. We, are, we all should be, Able to draw analyses and understand the use, so we all have technical knowledge to make, to create the charts, the, the dashboards. The we support the RSDs, but we all also have to look at the process. But of course, we some it depends on the need, so that's how we manage it. Like sometimes one person would do something, the other, but we try to complement each other in this way. But we all have to have that the same role, which is what I just said. Like. Implementing processes, understanding them, but also driving go-to-market strategy globally. And, and you are all based in Paris or? No, um, two are in Paris and two are in the, in the U.S. Okay, great. Okay, so you're already global. Yeah. And it's easy to work with the U.S.? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, yeah. The only issue is, of course, the time difference because we have people in in like in Denver and sometimes San Francisco, and of course in the other way in the planet, like in, in the Asian markets. So sometimes your days will start at 7 a.m. and they will end at 9 p.m. French time. So yeah,
0: yeah I understand that. <laughs> uh, I have the same problems. It's I'm trying to address uh, both French and U.S. markets. My day have extended a lot <laughs> since then. But
1: to answer your question, in terms of uh, culture of course there are challenges of course there are other ways of doing things and you have to take those into account and they're not straightforward we europeans here have a way to do business the us has a different way but in terms of selling i don't think there are huge growth differences there are just or original ones that we take into account and that's what i meant i go back always oh, bottoms up that's where the sales are the ones who are most valued, they will tell you, because they know the market, because they have the experience.
0: And can, can you precise some of the difference you see between both markets?
1: I mean, aside from the legal ones, which are obvious, uh, I, I don't need to say this, I just said. <laughs> there are also there are way, different ways of expecting what a sales role should be, and how a sales person should approach and do, and do their job in Europe, as opposed to the US. What do you mean by that? I mean, I mean, like, okay, again, also depends on the market. Uh, It might be not just the cultural thing, but so the way that you, like, when we talk about how you behave in, in a discovery call, for example, like some, I've noticed that in Europe, the expertise part is much more important much more important to show the technical and also it could be a industry specific uh, to our procurement. So I don't know what what other, so it's great to show that you have great, really, really, really great like technical understanding of their solution and their company. Like you need to show that you really, really know. them. And this is, of course, it's important across everyone. I've just noticed, and this is a personal based on no scientific evidence (laughs) that yeah, they do really uh, have that. Um, importance but in the us it's more about relationships it's more about i'm available i'm there you call me day night, the next i'm we i'm always there for you and that's how i saw but again these are really small factors and small factors can kill or win a deal of course that's how we work in the margins that's our business but again when it comes to the philosophy and the mindset i think it's always the same but you have to understand that these differences exist. Okay, but that, so that was just one example.
0: Really importance on relationship in the US. Yeah. And more on expertise in yeah. Europe. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Well, do you have something else you want
1: to add before we finish this episode? Yeah, just one thing. Um, and this is also, again, my opinion it's great that we live in a time where processes and solutions exist and we have technology and we have digitalization and that's really great and but and this is something I want to say to everybody and maybe they would share it you really have to take take into account that sales is both an art and a science and you really need to take care of the arts immediately take care of the human and if you don't you could spend billions of dollars on, on tools and they won't work. And if a tool manages to capture both art and science, then... I'm sorry, yeah, it's a podcast. I made something with my... <laughs> yeah, but, uh, there will
0: be a video too, but uh, I agree with you that sales could not be resumed as only technology, process, and there is still a human part. There is... Thing- a relationship part, the way you connect to, to, to the buyer, the relationships you create, the trust you build. And, and that's an art, and that's uh, also a real human bonding and ability to empathize, which is really important. Exactly. And, uh, and that could not be teached, could not be transmitted, but you have to have it. And that's really important. I agree with you, and it is a very nice conclusion. Well, thanks a lot. This episode of the virtual selling Pod- uh, virtual selling podcast is over. Thanks for sticking around. We'll meet twice a week for a new episode with new stories and challenge of giants in the field. If you enjoyed today's episode, we are always listening for your feedback, share the show, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any episode. This episode was brought to you by SalesDeck.io, the virtual selling platform that increases your sales team's CVR and sales readiness, enables remote management, and then sales operational excellence. Book your SalesDeck.io demo today to discover or you can close more deals with engaging and better prepped customer meetings. Thanks a lot, Warren. It was a pleasure.